0: Hey there, welcome to Let's Talk Magic. I don't know if you knew this, but you have a pair of antlers sprouting out of your head. Yeah, they look super uncomfortable. On the right side, I bet we could make some crazy string art if we just tie this here and loop it there and... What? No? Well, I'm sure we'll find something along the way that might possibly help you just a little, maybe? I'm your host, Zach Larson, and our journey begins now. Pages, chapter 2. I have always found our obsession with the prime lines to be unwise. Avatars focus so intently on those little lines on the back of the hand that, when the bookmark changes with a bond, our very attitudes change upon seeing the altered mark. Does it matter if an avatar has bonded to another? What business is it of ours if that was their only means of living? Yet I must abide by society's standards sparks, warmth, pain, touch, sparks, warmth, pain, thump, 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 tap, tap, tap. See, Sim, it doesn't give any mention of it in her chart. Really? Let me see. How can she not have a mark? Might be part of a new bellow. A bookmark would still be there. That patch of blank skin staring up at me sends a shiver down my spine every time. I wonder if it's because she doesn't show any mental activity. Could that wipe her clean? Can't be. We've had patients with similar readings before. The marks are always there. Well, I added a note to the chart. Not sure what else we can do. Do you know much about animators? Not really. They scare me too. I've been reading about them... Light. Crash. Did you see that? Rapid breathing. What? She just opened her eyes. Only for a second, though. That's impossible. She has almost no brain activity. This avatar is essentially dead. The only one who doesn't know it is her book, wherever it is. I know what I saw. Daedri. Sim? Okay. She opened her eyes. It was probably just a muscle spasm. This whole no mark thing really has you riled. Thump, 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 thump. Can you hear me? Sim is the floor cynic, but I think you not having a mark makes you special. Pain sharp, lasting deep. Blurry shapes moved overhead as the light poured in again. Something beep, beep, beeped nearby. One of the moving shapes stopped above stopped, then grew larger. Some features solidified, and they seemed familiar. It jerked away. Sim, look. Shreds. Sim. Sorry, just caught me off guard. How can her eyes be open? Could her book be regenerating? Maybe. The shape moved in again, growing larger. Dasanya, can you hear me? Do you know where you are? Pause. Well, that was anticlimactic. Wait, Sim, she's tracking me with her eyes. Another much brighter light flashed, and all went black again. Sim, get the binder. Silence. The light flashed again, back and forth. Her vision shifted from a blur of colors to a face she didn't recognize, though she thought she should. It was a... man. An ancient one. The black veins just below his skin layer appeared in stark contrast to the fading his body took on as he aged. He was completely bald, and his yellow eyes regarded her with a measure of both surprise and wariness. Adrie? The man's lips moved as he pronounced the word, the name word but name is she awake he nodded and moved aside as a young female appeared she smiled showing bright white teeth her skin was smooth and tan with youth hardly any of her veins were visible she used her hand to push the stray lock of hair push a stray lock of long purple hair behind her ear her eyes were white inside a ring of gray i'm so glad you're awake Desanya. sonya the woman said "'We've been waiting for hours. The blinder barely believed me when I told him.' A harsh cough cut her off. The man nudged Daedri out of his way and stared down his thin nose. "'Can you hear me?' to More of the room came into focus. A device with a flashing screen caught her eye. She watched it until the man cleared his throat. "'Do you understand me?' He watched her expectantly. When nothing happened, his features relaxed, and his frown turned into a small smile. Daedri, record in the log that the Avatar reacts to stimuli but shows no logical awareness. Yes, Binder. Daedri moved to the end of the bed and picked up something flat. Her hand twirled over the surface in sure motions, writing something. Dasanya, the male said, waving his hand. She looked at him. Dasanya. Her eyebrows pulled together at the thought, and her lips pursed interesting, the man mumbled. She is already showing facial expressions. This truly is remarkable. Deidre finished and replaced the flat object. She smiled as she caught DeSanya's eyes watching her. Are you comfortable, DeSanya? Do you need anything? She swallowed and rolled her tongue around the inside of her mouth. Need something. The muscles in her neck tightened and her head bobbed back and forth slightly. The woman's eyes widened as her hands flew to her mouth. Skies, does she understand me, Binder? Frowning again, the man moved closer and studied her carefully. His yellow eyes made her feel cold all over. Do you understand, Desanya? His voice reminded her of ripping pages. Her throat convulsed and relaxed as her head continued to bob back and forth. She wanted something. They needed to understand. The man's face never wavered from hers, but soon his frown lessened, releasing the wrinkles on his forehead from their vigil. The avatar is definitely responsive, the binder commented as he finally turned away, but I see no sign that she has any real comprehension. Daedry's shoulders crumpled at his words. Teach her as you would a child. She might progress quickly, or not at all, but... Um, yeah. Her voice came out in a dry whisper, but it brought Daidry's eyes back instantly and turned the binder around mid-step. What did you say? he asked. Her throat convulsed again. Sanya. Her voice remained breath quiet, but she controlled their full attention. The binder glanced quizzically at Daedri. She smiled when he finally caught her eye. It's her name, don't you see? Her name? Just Sanya. Sanya. Daedri corrected. She wants us to call her Sanya. The frown returned to the binder's mouth. He reached into his pocket and pulled out something small and square. He found a pen in his other pocket, and placed it on the writing pad. Its tip scratched faintly in the open room. Sonya's eyes focused on the writing pad. It was made of paper. She knew that instantly. The pages did not seem quite right. Quality paper was white. Tan was okay, too, but this was adult gray. It felt wrong once you looked at it. Impurities speckled each page, and the edges ended in jagged, flaky lines, not clean and straight like they should be. Despite that, it was paper. Paper in an otherwise dull room. Sonya, are you back with me yet? She looked up to find Daedri smiling uneasily at her. New shadows stretched along the walls. Sonya scoured the room as quickly as her stiff neck would let her. The binder was gone, and the lights had been dimmed significantly. She looked at Daedri fear bubbling like tar in her stomach. The woman's smile faded a little, and when she spoke, it was barely above a whisper. You've been comatose for hours. It was like you just shut off. Except your eyes were still open, and you were breathing and everything. The binder got so flustered, he stormed out the door, stomping like a madman. At the word comatose, Sonya's heart stuttered. She felt the wrongness of the word with the wrongness of her lost time. Why? Daedri looked up. Why? Why did the binder storm out? Oh, he's... Sonia shook her head, cutting the woman off. Why... Unsure what to say, she lifted one arm and touched a finger to her temple. Sadness filled Daedri's eyes as her smile faltered. She set the pad on the blanket below Sonia's feet and moved to the side of the bed. I asked the binder the same question. He didn't know. No one seems to know. She wiped a tear from her eye as she raised her arm, Sonya glimpsed stayed near his pocket. A piece of white paper was sticking out of it. She let her arm fall again, covering the paper. Your brain might just need time to reset itself after stimulation. Maybe your mind was damaged and your book is attempting to repair you. We won't know much without access to your lifebook. Sonya almost knew what a lifebook was, but as she tried to recall the information, her thoughts scrambled. Where... Where's your book? Sonia nodded. Oh, Ava, don't you know? She shook her head slowly. Scribes, watch over you, Ava. Deidre squeezed her hand, then jerked back. Sorry, she said, seeing Sonia's question on her face. Just a little shock. Nothing to worry about. As Deidre turned to grab the pad, Sonia saw the paper again. Her hand reached out of its own accord and brushed the paper with the tips of her fingers as Deidre moved away. The nurse didn't stop for a notepad though. Instead, she walked to a small closet in Roomington's side. When she came back, she held a small hand mirror. I cleaned your face and brushed your hair while you were uh, sleeping. Take a look. Sonia accepted the mirror in trembling hands and held it up to her face. The avatar in the glass was a stranger. Her skin was smooth and pale with youth, no ink and veins, no ink veins showing. She had white hair that went down just past her chin and stuck up in the back. Amidst all that, her teal eyes looked wide and fearful. The mirror shook in her hands, so Deidre carefully took it back. Sonya closed her eyes and felt a tear slide down her cheek. Deidre cleared her throat. It is late, and my shift is nearly over. You should try to get some rest so we can talk more tomorrow. She was watching as Sonia's eyes flew open at the thought of unconsciousness. "'Rest. If your brain needs to repair itself, rest is the best way to get that done.' My mother was always fond of that phrase. Sonya felt the fear drain away. Her mind was already growing sluggish. She nodded and watched through closing eyelids as Daedri left the room. "'I'm surprised that it uh, let us keep doing this with her waking up and all.' This was an unfamiliar voice, pried Sonia from unconsciousness like rough hands pulling at her hair. Her eyelids were twice bound book covers too heavy to open on their own. It was hard to focus. Are you finally growing a conscience? That was the binder's voice. She tried to move to open her eyes, but her body refused. Nah, it just seems like they would care now that she's coming back. Sonya felt it as something sticky was pressed onto her forehead. They do care, the binder said nearby. Urena says the tests are more important now than ever. We must know how she is doing this. She felt more areas of stickiness and pressure on her head, chest, and arms. Do they really think it's possible that she doesn't? You forgot to plug in the machine, Sillon. Do I have to do everything myself? Sorry, boss, just a sec. A shuffle and a clack came from below Sonya. She tried to open her eyes again, but her body refused her will. Would she stay like this now, never coming back to full consciousness? She tried to scream but only managed a slight tensing of her neck. Ready to go, boss. Good. Begin. The pain hit Sonya without warning. It stabbed into her brain like a hot knife. Her muscles spasmed, her back arched, and every part of her body shook. Suddenly she felt connected to every sinew and cell, and every part of her was on fire. She heard shouting nearby, and the pain ceased. Her body slumped back onto the bed, still twitching. She wanted to sob, but only managed a soft groan. Never done that before. The nervous system is receiving more signals now. Looked like it hurt. Shut it and check the straps. I can't have her moving like that again. Strap her head and torso, too. I can't with the electrodes on. Then take them off. There was a pause. Sonia could feel her heart beating fast, pummeling her ribcage, racing to get away. But don't you need those to... Why can't you just follow orders, Silen? I need more direct scans of the activity in her brain. The electrodes aren't enough. So what are you going to do? Just, just curious. There was a sigh. What you are is sick. You know you like talking about it. I may be sick, but you like the showboat. Sonya felt her legs jerk to the side one at a time. As Cillan tightened the straps. He tugged absently at her arm straps, then moved to put a new strap over her stomach, cinching it so tight it made her wheeze. I'm going to try needle probes first. If I stick them in the corners of her eyes, I can insert them directly into the brain without having to cut her her head open. Someone was near her head. She felt her skin tug as they ripped the first electrode off. She felt a shot of warmth warmth flow down into her toes. The next one came off and tendrils of feeling began wriggling, wriggling up her legs. You can reach the brain through the eyes? Yes, but it might not be enough. If not, then we will... Ouch! Selen yelled in pain as he pulled the last, last electrode off Sonya's head. A pulse of, electri- of energy rolled through Sonya's body. Her right leg twitched. What is it now? She shocked me as I pulled the last electrode off. It probably just had a latent charge built up. Put gloves on and secure her head. I'm nearly ready with the needle probes. Realization grew in her mind. The binder was going to stick a needle into her brain. Every particle particle of her rebelled. She tried to move her tingling legs to no avail. A moment later, Sonia's head was pressed backward into her pillow as Cillan ratcheted down the binding. No, no, no. Her breathing sped up. She is ready, boss. They forced one of her eyes open. The room came into focus. She saw the binder with his back, black-veined cheeks leaning over her. He was all she could see. He looked at her and smiled with half of his mouth. "'This is going to hurt,' he whispered. One of his hands was holding her eye open, but the other one came up into her vision. Something long, thin, and metallic glinted in the light. She tried to scream, to thrash her body, but all she felt was the slight flexing of her fingers. The needle descended on her slowly like it had to poke through each layer of air to get to her flesh. She pushed with her mind, pushed hard against the numbness that bound her. The needle was barely an inch away when the wall in her mind finally broke. A scream ripped from her mouth just as her arms slammed against their bindings, shaking the bed. The binder jumped back, dropping the needle as he did. Sonia thrashed on the bed, eyes fully open, screaming her fury at them. Quick, the binder hissed. Tighten her straps and muzzle her while I head off the nurses. He hurried out of the room. Cillan, a short man with red and yellow stubble on his head and amber eyes, shuffled over as he watched her struggle. His eyes studied her carefully as she screamed. A smile split across his face as he reached down toward the strap on her arm. Don't touch me! Her yell froze him in place, hand only hovering just above her arm. She didn't wait. She reached up and gripped his wrist. Anything to, to delay him from holding her down. Her heart stuttered as her skin found his. Energy crackled across the back of her hand as heat rushed into her palm and upper arm. Sonia's screams had died away, but now Sillin was screaming. He dropped to his knees with his other hand, trying in vain to pry Sonia's away. The numbness faded, burned away by the new energy coursing through her. Power flooded her veins, and new thoughts filled her empty mind. Memories she never knew she had, images of working in the hospital, of working alongside binder tars, flickered disjointedly. She saw flashes of the city, of walking home every night, laughing silently at the tomes as they scavenged on the streets. She felt amusement, and anger, and annoyance, and disgust. Beyond the images racing through her mind, she saw Sillan's eyes roll back in his head and ink dribble out of his nose. She loved the power she felt, the crackle of energy off Cillan's skin. But she knew, deep inside of her, that it was too much. A stinging pain erupted in her shoulder. A numbness deadened the area. With a yell, she broke contact with the man and watched as his body slumped, unconscious to the floor. The binder backed away from her, syringe in hand. Sonya growled and tried to lunge at him, but the bindings pulled her short with a squeal of metal supports. How dare he attack me after all I have done for him? The binder's eyes widened. How are you fighting the sedative? She growled in response and tugged at the strap again, testing its strength. The metal on the bed creaked as she pulled at the binding, ignoring the ache in her wrist. Finally, the nylon strap split apart with a loud snap. The binder yelped and spun around, rummaging through the drawers to find another sedative. Sonia unbuckled her other hand just as the binder lunged for her again. Her muscles responded instantly. One hand gripped the wrist that held a new syringe, and her other hand closed around his neck. There was no crackle of energy this time, but Sonia didn't care. Using the binder's momentum, she twisted and tossed him across the room and into the wall. Cracks spread along the wall from behind the binder's body as it struck with enough force to leave a streak of black ink as it slid to the floor. The binder crumpled on the tiles, ink oozing from the back of his skull. After ripping the monitors and IVs off, Sonya unlatched her legs and stood. The tile floor seeped cold into the soles of her feet, but she liked it. Shouts were coming from the hallway. She guessed they had heard the, sh- the ruckus. Shreds. She reached the room. Fran- she searched the room frantically, eyes landing on the electrograph they had been trying to use on her. It was a heavy piece of equipment, expensive too. With a grin, she rolled the machine to the door and heaved it onto its side with an echoing crash. For good measure, she tipped the bed against the door too. That should buy some time to think. She had to get out of there. Law enforcement would not like what she had- that she had attacked the binder. Someone pounded on the door, shouting to be let in, but she ignored them. She definitely wasn't getting out that way. Twenty nurses and a security pad on the mag lift made it implausible. The entire building would be on alert before she made it down two floors. Sighing, she reached up to run a hand through her hair and felt the back of her gown pull open. She looked down at the thin fabric in confusion. Why was she wearing this? Oh well, no time to dwell. A quick rummage through the cabinets produced a set of soft gray pants and shirt for patients. These would do, for now. She ditched the gown and pulled on the new clothes, cinching the pants to fit. A blue light on the ceiling started flashing as she finished. Moments later, a repeated alarm blared over the speakers. Great. She was already locked in. She took another look around the room, surveying her options. Two unconscious bodies and a bunch of scattered medical equipment. Not much to work with. The alarm suddenly stopped along with the shouting at her door. Curious. In the silence, she realized for the first time that it was raining hard. She looked out the window. The other hospital sky rise was barely visible through the downpour. She could see that and a sky ridge two stories below. A sky bridge? No, it was stupid. Sounded fun, though. Multiple voices were talking just outside her door. Now or never, it was the only way. Quickly, she turned back to the cabinets and grabbed a discarded scalpel. Then she ran to the window and slid it open. Cold air and sporadic water droplets assaulted her. She sliced the nylon screen easily with the scalpel and peeled the mesh aside. The skybridge looked a lot farther down with her head out the window. Someone shouted from the hallway, and something heavy slammed against the door. Sonia climbed onto the windowsill, but paused, looking back at the discarded datapad on the floor. She jumped down, tucked the data pad into a zipper pocket, and climbed back onto the windowsill. Then, with a last shrug, she flung herself out into the night. Let's Talk Magic is a living words podcast. Content should not be reproduced or distributed without my express permission. Besides, it's all here free for the listening anyway, so why not just ask people to tune in? You can find out more about Living Words Press and how to support my author journey over at www.livingwordspress.com. Link in the show notes. When you head over there, don't forget to click the Join the Community button and sign up for my newsletter. Subscribers get pre-release content, news, and other extras for free. So don't be a stranger, stranger. I hope you enjoyed the show, and thanks for listening.